Welcome to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. Each week we sit down and discuss our favorite lore topics from within the Destiny universe. Specifically, we intend to take a close look at a specific question that has been nagging us and potentially the Destiny community as a whole. To fulfill that, our discussions tend to assume that you already have some background in the Destiny lore. Despite that, our goal is to be as lighthearted and welcoming to everyone as possible. With that out of the way, let's dive into this week's topic. And that will be our banter, 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 banter. Banter? Banter, banter. Did you know that we could banter about whatever we want? Well, golly. Golly here there, bagels. What if I told you the Cabal had their own form of sarsaparilla? What? Because what if I told you that? I mean, I believe you. It seems like a reasonable thing for a civilization to invent. I mean, they did really enjoy Mars. I feel like no one ever talks about this, but Mars was probably a sarsaparilla farm. Like, maybe not exclusively. I'm not an asshole. Obviously, they did other stuff. But I know, I know when the first, when the first cowboy from the southwest who landed on there looked at those dusty fields was like mm, <laughs> yeah which for those of you who don't know about sarsaparilla it's kind of like cream soda it's pretty good yes uh, yes it is it's a soda drink from the cowboy days yeah yeah, and you learned something today that you had no intent on ever learning, probably. <laughs> or ever. Welcome or to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. <laughs> my, name is... <laughs> my name is Taylor B. And this here's the bagels. Well, howdy! How do you do the bagels? Um, uh, welcome, this, one, this one's a fun one. Um... I've I've been having an interesting week. I'm just uh, you know, uh, Kari and our friend uh, Stephanie who came who came in town to help. They're very handy. I'm not a very handy gentleman. I'm I'm mechanically inclined. I can do other stuff, but like, hey Taylor B, let's like go set some baseboards and do plaster. Like, no please. <laughs> I have no problem admitting that too. Like, I'm happy to have these handy women in my life. Um, but uh, yeah, Kari, Kari, and uh, and and uh, her friend Stephanie have been like kicking ass over at the house this week. I've been ha- I helped out a little bit, just a little bit. I uh, I held up a thing while while other things got screwed in. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I used I used my arm length to the greatest advantage. You too can be useful in assisting. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna try my best. I'm making my best. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that, that's it's been a wild week. Uh, Definitely feeling good. Happy, happy to do this recording. Um, this week's topic is a little fun. It's uh, what if Kyle used Gaul and allowed for him for his coup, the Midnight Coup. We'll have a snappier title that you read before you ever listen to this. That's the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm saying words that I'm sure you agree with. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the that, that's the thing. And, and the crux of this actually goes back to uh, D1 or D, the beginning of D2, sort of like end of D1 transition. Um, in the Cabal booklet that came with the game. Now, Bagels, did you did you get the uh, the collector's ed? I did not actually. I, I found a PDF of it online, which somebody handily uploaded, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> and it's very high quality. I saved the, the link for it, because it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. Okay, I see you, Bagels, with your, with your recent boons. Yeah, I enjoy greatly uh, people, people uh, doing things like this. And, uh, I don't have any problem with it when it's, like, limited run stuff. Especially stuff that has to do with like lore, I, 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 and, and I don't think like, especially a company like Bungie, I don't think it, I don't think they're like out there like, oh no, that's our private lore, only lore for money. <laughs> right. No, I don't. I, they clearly don't have an issue with it, especially in the context of like the Shadowkeep and Beyond Light re- releases, because everybody was sharing that information oh, everywhere. Dude, like I, I'm still <laughs> kicking myself I didn't get a Cade's journal. 
<laughs> I didn't buy it that time. I've bought it every time since then, and I tell you what, nothing has been as cool in my opinion. I really enjoyed the moon stuff too, the the uh, like the moon observatory stuff from uh, the D two. Oh sure. Release. Sure. Uh, or actually, the dark. That's the that's the dark. Or not the dark below the uh, freaking shadow keep release. Yeah, no, I understand the canine. Yeah. The canine stuff. And, and the cabal yeah. booklet was really fun. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, that that that's what brought this up again because I hadn't really thought about Kyle since I first read this and wondered why she wasn't somebody we murdered in the game, mm -hmm. or at least saw get murdered by someone else. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so, and so here's the thing, Keitel, if you read the thing, um, I, I, I tell you what, if you're listening to this, listen to the end of the episode. I did a very comical version where, with my own uh, personal flavor of callous voice. It's callous pre-taken by the darkness, so take it for what it's worth. <laughs> he was a lot, lot skinnier back then. Than... <laughs> no, I'm saying it's like when Anakin becomes Darth Vader, he suddenly, you know, gets that James Earl Jones yeah. in his bones. <laughs> yeah this was this was the pre this was the pre callus they don't like to tell you about it's why everyone rebelled against him it's way too dandy but uh, i'll 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 sink that at the end because bagels is kind enough to let me like read that shit out and then once i realized he got quiet i just kept reading <laughs> and here we are i'll tack that on to the end though that'll be like a special treat if you listen to the episode but but, 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 but um in the entry about his daughter <laughs> He notes, he notes that the person who actually influenced her was not the consul or uh, Gaul himself. It was actually uh, Umunarath, um, the primus of all legions. Now, Umunarath is uh, someone who sort of ended up uh, being appointed by Callus as the, the head of the legions, like the, the head primus, after he dissolved the praetoriate <laughs> and so it's kind of like if you look at the ancient rome model and I, I know this existed especially uh in this year i know this existed in uh ancient persia as well to some extent like th th this wasn't like linked directly to rome but i know it's like you know western civilization that's all you ever hear about but uh you know as, as someone who studied farsi like persian empires fucking tits <laughs> it's pretty great yeah if you ever go check it out in history class too it's not uh it's not what um god it's not what the uh what was it the hundred what was that movie oh the 300 the 300 yeah it's 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 yeah. not it's not what the what that story would have you would have you believe um <laughs> I, I took that as as a factual history lesson personally, so I, mean, I reject all, all searches you're I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say those ancient Greeks were probably that fit and naked. I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna put that out there. I bet those boys were as fit as they were. Cause why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> why wouldn't you be? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'd odd turn people were here for but didn't know they were at the start of this recording but uh, but anyhow anyhow she she's the the one that gaul appoints as the head of all armies and, and she's what kind of allows for the the console to be gaul's mentor and kind of like succeed uh through gaul uh, in in terms of that, she's what influenced directly Kyle. Um, and so when when Callus goes to goes to his throne to like sound the alarm, you know that that there's a coup happening. She actually crushes it in her in her hands and is just like, nah, bitch. S side note: uh, It is noted that's a bone. Yeah, um, yeah sorry. Of, of curiosity, I'm I'm wondering if that's not an Ankara bone. Just uh, just kind of a spy, side spin foil there. Um, not for him to like make a make an emergency wish on. Exactly. Uh, not, obviously, sense. nothing we can really confirm there. There's not a whole lot to go off of, but uh, just just kind of a curious thought because there's not a whole lot of references to bones uh, that 
that you think, oh, oh, that's that's not a significant reference right there. Well, do you <laughs> even need the? Well, uh, I, so here's something I I, I want to reference. Do you even really need the bone? If you're callous in that scenario. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I mean, all right. Oh, to make the wish. For 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 an Ahamkara to influence you. Because like. One thing I feel like we never really cleaned up in the last wish is what what did we do with her bones? We started making armor out of them again. Not at all. So Jagan didn't stop her. We know death won't stop them either. So what did we do with Riven's bones? Seemingly we just kind of left them there for now. But uh, it's, it's a fair question to... To but ask, but but so Riven dies though in in the Dreaming City, not in the Taken Realm. Correct. So that's where the bones is. Bones correct. I yes. Speak English. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, the the bones would be in in the Dreaming City, and um, mm -hmm. presumably with free access for all of the. Oh, I, I think I think that's when Petra comes back into the picture. She's got new bone armor for everybody. Guys, guys, <laughs> I know I said it had to die, but now that it's dead, let's weaponize it. <laughs> that is the most powerful double-edged sword that I can imagine. <laughs> and yeah, but you're talking about the lady that can twirl the double-edged blade in her palm like it's nothing. Just saying. <laughs> just saying watch out for that scribe add <laughs> add some facsimile of that random like fart of thoughts to the to the list please <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but anyhow anyhow back 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 to text um so it's 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 that kyle facilitates through her confidant uh umunaraf and both of them, uh, for for Dominus Gaul to to or for Gaul to rise to the power of Dominus and sort of seize de facto, it reminds me of sort of a, uh, a shogun to emperor relationship. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, with uh, sort of like the Japanese shogun at their bags, a little bit. Um, I have to admit, I'm not quite as familiar with that. It's a all right. To oversimplify, guys, please, please don't, please don't yell at me for for being like Taylor B. That's not exactly right. I want to admit this right, but to oversimplify, it's it's a uh, it's a military de facto lead through the different little um, they're not fiefdoms, but like same idea, the different little like uh, clans uh, and uh, territories or families okay. and like territories and like and like that type of thing. Sure. Uh, well, like fiefdoms, like th throughout Japan, like they basically all have military ties that lead to the shogunate, who to the shogun at the head of the shogunate, who's basically like at that point, like his only his only tie this directly to the emperor. But it's like it's a pyramid scheme that leads to one dude with one dude above him, so it's really the one dude who's in power. If sure. that makes sense, because everyone's mm -hmm. directly under him. Yeah, makes the, sense. Emperor, the emperor becomes like a little bit of like a figurehead at that point. Um, mm -hmm. Even though they have like, like there's still like the, I mean, there's still a lot that goes that goes into that, but like still, yeah. For all intents and purposes, it's like a weird situation. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of that because uh, that that type of situation because like Dominus Gaul is during the time of the Red War at least like he's de facto in charge of the entire Cabal military. Like, they're all the Red Legion at that point because the Red Legion took over everything. Mm -hmm. So, in that structure, you had now Umunarath, who was in charge of the defenses of the Cabal territory. And she began spearheading this defense against uh, hive war moons that were creeping into their system, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And you had Kaidal, who obviously, like, stayed behind to rule as Empress, uh, the Princess Imperial at that point. Um, and this is this is before Torbottle Falls, which we learn in this season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what kind of brought this up is we first started talking about this, admittedly, Bagel, we first started talking about this before the uh, this season began, but I'm kind of glad we waited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot of new information yeah. that's relevant to the subject that's been released. Absolutely. 
so so that, that that's kind of where we are we're, we're, where we're at like uh, as the the pure basis of this argument is that uh you know just like step one step two uh Kaidal was loyal to umunara who did not go with gaul and decided to stay behind and defend uh the cabal empire against this incursion of hive war moons i can only assume that's uh zivu arath that would be my assumption as well because yeah, that, that's that's how she sends her message it's with a war moon <laughs> right <laughs> she doesn't send she doesn't send you like a hello like an evite we've never known we've never really established that seventh is associated with uh war moons either it's always been zivu arath uh, sending war moons, so and, and, uh, and, and um, and Crota. Correct. He like yeah. to ride the war moons. Sure. Uh, back at least back in the day, you know. Yeah. You've heard my hypothesis about Luna. Correct. Yeah, we we're <laughs> very lengthy discussion about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had a couple, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> It's still, you know what I love about it. At the end of the day, it's still not totally unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, like people be like, "No, that's wrong." I was like, "Okay, but you can't really say why." So that's 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 where this idea starts to to carry it forward. A lot of her uh, language titles in coming in this has one to do with retaking Torbottle. It has two to do with uh, sort of like uh, reconsolidation. Um, a lot of what you do, uh, at least in the weapons that I've encountered so far that are seasonal, uh, a lot of what you read so far is about her uh, kind of taking the Empire a little back to its roots. Um, the uh, the dish that she serves, which is really hilarious if you read the class mm-hmm. item, at least on Hunters. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's the same for everyone, but uh, if, you, if you read the class item... It's it's a recipe uh, from Rahul as best he can translate it, right? For what seems to be like a, uh, it it almost seems like a like a jambalaya, but with like space ingredients. Mm-hmm. There's a meat. There's a thing that becomes a cube of black that you let ferment on your windowsill for like a couple days. <laughs> It's you should really read it. I'm gonna butcher it, but 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 uh, it, it, it's this is a uh, this is like a lower class kind of like street food, like comfort food kind of thing, yep. and uh, she she's doing that to as as Rahul surmises to get away from decadence. So she's trying to reconsolidate this empire. She trying to like strike the middle ground between what her father's like decadence was, uh, but still maintain her father's. Uh, connection to the people oh yeah him freeing everyone was a big fucking deal exactly um but she still has to kind of cater to the military class a little bit is kind of the feeling that you get so she kind of is is trying to strike the middle ground between those three aspects of of like cabal life that are that have been kind of torn apart especially since tour bottle has fallen and the future of the game. I, I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one of those uh, funneling things that help uh, either unite or further divide us till we're ultimately united again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Mm. Ah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to leave that in for flavor. Uh, <laughs> the idea, the, the, crux, the crux of the theory, getting back to brass tacks, thank you for enjoying us on this ride of tangents, but the crux of the theory, getting back to brass tacks, is really that um, Keitel being loyal to Amunarath, who seems to have been slain at this point, based on what we do know, Torbottle fails, Amunarath was the person spearheading the defense uh, against what eventually consumed uh, Torbottle, the, the hive invasion. Uh, and so, like, even without reading forward, reading ahead, we can kind of surmise it at this point was ultimately what I was trying to get at uh, just now. So, with that in mind, I feel like the argument that Keitel kind of used Gaul wasn't so much that she orchestrated the coup 
and like use Gaul to facilitate it. It's that she was loyal to Amunarath, and Amunarath chose to let Gaul like chase his fucking dream of of trying to tame the traveler because she recognized she recognized the small men, which is one of my favorite new things from this season that we're called. I really <laughs> hope that becomes a title, Smallman. Like, well, I'm aware that. <laughs> small man. Um, it's in the um it's in the it's it's in one of the weapons. I think it's either the it's in one of the heavies, I think. I think it's either the uh rocket launcher that you can get from the challenge this week. Mm-hmm. Or you can also get the um, linear fusion rifle. It's one of those two, I think. Okay. Um, for some reason, the sniper has no has no lore. It'll be added later. Maybe I bet. The bow. They 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 tend to add add stuff in later uh, as well. We've I, we've seen multiple recent recent seasons. I just think maybe. It... Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You get you get that. You get that reply, but, uh, but anyway, anyway, it's it's in one of those. Uh, the, they they refer to us as smallmen, <laughs> like one word. Well, he's trying to go fight the smallmen. Well, I hear the strength of the smallmen is in their light. <laughs> like, like that. It's pretty great. Um, but it's it's that um, basically, Gaul overthrowing things to take uh, the the Red Legion and and a good portion of the army to assault the traveler was a means to an end of actually what Amunarath had wanted the whole time which was to recognize outward threats uh Indeed. Their, her whole problem with callus was his complacency through peace and yeah. and, and growing you know fat from strength yes and in, in fact um if you'll um enjoy my my side tirade now <laughs> ooh, 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 okay 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 i'm getting my popcorn i'm gonna shut the fuck up take me on a ride bitch so <laughs> sorry bagels no. <laughs> kind of build on taylor's thought process here um basically what from what we know in, in uh, even in as far back as the d2 collector's book we see the reference of the outside threat me- referenced in the umun uh, card there uh so we know that the cabal were at least existentially threat uh, threatened by something at that at that point in time and we learn later on in the season of opulence that the hive were apparently a prescient threat to the um to the cabal at that at that time and so what makes sense to me is that the cabal uh like the military leadership that had been essentially uh, shunted by Cabal taking or by uh, Callus taking over the leadership of of the Empire, uh, they they sought to a means to exterminate this threat and didn't think that Callus was taking it seriously. So in order to facilitate the their what they see necessary to be in action, they facilitated the coup. Uh, on on Callus in order to uh, basically basically take over military action on the on the hive at that point. Um, now this is this is just a theory of mine. Uh, it's something that I've been formulating over the past few days when when Taylor kind of brought the Kyle theory up. It kind of it's been growing on me since that time. Basically to uh, to the extent where I I think pretty pretty highly of it, uh, especially because we have a, kind of a timeline that we can imagine now, uh, stretching back to D1, where we know that the Cabal crash-landed a ship into the Dreadnought, and eventually were studying it, and their means to um, either capture the Traveler, or, or at least contain the light from the Traveler within. And so... We had a mission towards the end of the Taken, Taken King cycle where the Cabal sent out a signal. At that point, we didn't know to where. But most likely, that signal ended up in, in the hands of the Cabal, uh, specifically under Gaul. And that is what Gaul used to learn of how to create his cage that would eventually capture the Traveler. And so, basically... 
uh, we've, we can establish a rough timeline off of that. We can look to, uh, to the D1 to D2 cycle as approximately six, six, seven years at this point. And so just, just in that time frame, the, the existential threat of the hive must have been growing at that point. And um, I, I would argue that um, it must have been growing over a significant period of time. And the the Cabal military presence probably sought, uh, were, were getting more and more desperate and looking for alternative means that they would have uh, all, otherwise not pursued. And so Gaul leaving the system at that point probably would have been a desperate means to attempt to gain strength uh, via what he saw essentially as a... Uh, uh, a, a, a it's a little bit... A little bit strange to put it into Gaul's perspective and, and call the Traveler a god in his view, but he seems to act in a, in a way of reverence towards it, uh, especially with some of the later revelations, how he, how he kind of looks to it and asks for uh, it to look upon him, that, that sort of phrasing. Uh, basically, basically, it seems to be a form of reverence. But regardless... Uh, he gains gains access to the traveler's light, uh, and the traveler smacks him down. Obviously, um, so to kind of put this into context with Kaito, uh, basically we've got um, once once Gaul goes off chasing chasing his dreams of uh, uh, going going after the traveler, it leaves Kaito basically in defense of Torbottle with with the moon, as as Taylor pointed out so so deftly. Oh, <laughs> um, and so, at that at that point, their defense must have failed at some point, and more than likely, the loss of the legions that invaded the soul system probably catalyzed that. I would guess. Um, so, I don't know if Kyle would have willingly wished them to fail more, uh, more or less, but um, certainly. Certainly, she recognizes the folly later on, and we see that in the heir apparent card, uh, where she basically says that Callus was weak, um, and then so too was Gaul destroyed by his weakness. His fixation on the machine god was stupid; it embarrasses her to think of him. So, at least in retrospect, she recognizes how how Gaul's fixation was eventually what led him to his destruction, and so. It's it's kind of a curious turn now that we've got got all this put together to see how Kyle enters our system, and um, and and basically how she seemingly would want to put together a legion of the remaining cabal forces in our system in order to unite and try and crush the hive so that they could presumably try and take back their home system. Um, but yeah, um, to put it into context of this theory, because uh, I know that kind of goes way off, <laughs> way off base a little bit. Um, no, it... I, I love it. You continue <laughs> with your rambling self. Do it. <laughs> uh, it, it, it just, um, to me, I, I think it's more of a yes and, uh, to steal Taylor's term that he likes to use. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like Keitel, during the coup, saw the threat that the Hive were. And she probably would have been more than willing to assist the the would-be uh, would-be cooers. Is that a word? Cooers? The... Uh, I mean, it is, but I don't think it works in this context. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, to be, not to be a stickler there, but... Don't I, I, take part in the coup. <laughs> yeah. Those uh, conspirators. There you conspirators. Go. Yes. Correct. There correct. You correct. Go. <laughs> the conspirators of the coup. Um, they would. Uh, I, I think she saw the wisdom of their plan because she saw that the threat that the hive were presenting, and she saw that Callus was probably not taking a, enough of, of a uh, enough of a heavy-handed approach in their defeat. He sought to fatten up his his people, as she saw it. Uh, to basically um, basically earn their allegiance via via riches and art and such 
such displays that she kind of frowned on. Uh, instead, she 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 was a disciple of Umun, uh, one that wanted to uh, one that thought military conquest was the way of the, the cabal, and so the coup was a means to an end to both prevent the cabal from falling to the hive and to uh, and to basically um, restore her people to what she's pro- probably saw as a vision of what the cabal are. So, so I kind I kind of want to challenge that. Okay. I actually read this um, a little differently. I, I took what Amunarath's interpretation of what the cabal were as a little more uh, a little more uh, future war culty. Okay. Because I think in this in this case her 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 thoughts are about the hive and the vex and like external threats. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about like conquest. It's about like you know like hey like our empire survives through war and this is where the war is. So it's like the future war cult isn't isn't saying that it has an enemy. It's like saying no war is gonna come. And you can either meet it, or you can get conquered, or you can be defeated by it. That's a fair point. I don't know that I necessarily 100% agree with it, but I... In, I, in the case of Umun Arath. Sure. And I don't... I can't say that I've, I've studied extensively Umun. Uh, she only like has her. a couple entries that, that we really have available, like, 100%. You know what I mean? Kind of like, exactly. like per, yeah. per our thing earlier. You know, we, 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 we will revisit this before the end of the season, like, just so you know, guys, but, uh, yeah. but the, like, b- based on what we think is, like, full and fair knowledge right now, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know 100% what happened, though we can surmise, um, but, like, based on what uh, what we what we can read in-game, including the uh, the first entry that you can get with, with, uh, with um, that, uh, well, it's, it's all the different things, like, you, you see what... Uh, how Kyle tries to act like she she sits down with uh, remnants of the Red Legion who like can't fight anymore, and she like mm-hmm. tells them stories about like kind of like a weak soldier who was a hero in their own right for uh, for leaving a mark against the creature that Acarius would eventually defeat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you made it bleed though. You made it know it was possible. And yeah. and that's and in in a way she's actually honoring what Gaul did, but like I think this is all like politically said. I think this is all like no, you're here to get all your remnants back because, as noted through her interactions with the spider, she has a vast resource of people who've been in this system and who've adapted from the old and traditional cabal ways to survive. Mm-hmm. To tap if she can just call them back to the empire. So she she she's she's pleading she's. A lot savvier, I think, than even her dad, or at least equally so. Because I mean, her dad's pretty friggin' savvy. Her dad, her That's dad's, hard. her dad, like they, a lot of people like to compare him to Roman emperors. I kind of think he's like very Napoleon esque. It's like personality plus tactics. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. He was even put into exile. <laughs> Not to, not to be so on the nose about it, but like it, like that—that's who it really reminds me of. I feel like he's gonna come out of hiding each time, and like more and more people are just gonna flock to him out of out of habit. So we've had first exile. What about second exile? I don't think they know about second exile. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's that's where I'm kind of coming from here. Um, Amunareth was for looking to this defense. And just just going back to to what you were getting back and mm-hmm. back to what sure. I'm saying, I think the whole thing just relies on Kaidel being swayed by that and never really being swayed by what. Because if you think about it, the coup, because because uh, even by Callus's own note in that same booklet that I was referencing earlier, it's mm-hmm. Amunarath who influences the consul and his heir apparent, who ended up being Dominus Gaul. Mm-hmm. So Munarath is the real, like, I don't know if it's the real Your power, head. but it's the real orchestrator. It's the, yep. it's the real conductor of, of, of what happened. Uh, like, sh- she was the person in control, and now you have the person who's really her heir apparent <laughs> showing up. So, like, like th- th- that's what I mean. I mean, if you want to say... If you want to say Taylor B, uh, th- this is bullshit because Munarath was the one using Gaul, like, okay... But at that point, you kind of have to say, 
Kyle's part in the coup was also using him because she was working with and for a moon. Sure. I, I think that's a pretty fair point. Um, and I, I had, like I said, I hadn't really considered a perspective quite as much in, in this matter. I, I, it's especially since her, her, her lore is, is pretty short and sweet. Um, but, uh, no, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, certainly the existential threat would, would be, a, um, would be a very, uh, very, uh, important consideration for her at, at that time, more than likely. I mean, I mean, and, and, and it, that's what I really like about the character is there's a, I, I mean, especially for our purposes here, right? There's a lot left for you to piece together because she's mentioned in the edges a lot. Uh, almost like Praetith for, for the longest time. She, she's mentioned in the edges of other people's entries. Amunarath influenced this person. This person, uh, through, like, Amunarath treachery was able to do this. My daughter, like, blah, blah, blah. Amunarath, like, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's, it's not quite, like, Savathun-esque. <laughs> nah, because she, like, no one's giving her credit for anything, right? No one's right. whispering her name. She's actually operating from the shadows. You might say, you might say she's a more effective Savathun. She's kind of like, uh, Varys. Kind of just working in the background, pulling some strings a little bit. Suddenly drinking all the ether. <laughs> letting the prison out and just walking away. Like, oh, not, not Varys, sorry. Um, Varys, the spider from Game of Thrones. Oh! Oh! Or like the actual spy, or like the spider from Destiny? Yeah, a little bit too. <laughs> okay, okay, so you know what the funniest thing is? The, I am I am super willing to now, so, um, uh, Everest Keitel refers to the fallen, uh, the spider as insects. <laughs> I am I am here saying this now, clear and wide. They're space ants. They're I mean, space that's... ants, and that's why, or maybe perhaps termites, because they're so pale. <laughs> but but hear me out, hear me out. That's why he chooses the name the spider. Because they probably eat those motherfuckers. Sure. It's probably like an, a, a, a nice local facsimile of, of something that would be their predator, their natural predator, back where they come from. Because as we know, as we know from House of Wolves, uh, the Fallen take a very American approach to language. They just adopt whatever the best local facsimile is that they're looking for for the word in mm -hmm. translation. So it's not that they were the House of Wolves, it's that they were the House of whatever the best translation Wolves is for whatever they were. <laughs> yep don't forget that <laughs> that was one of my favorite like explanations for that but did they have wolves like no but like that's the closest thing that you have and they're yeah. just going with that Excellent. Yeah, yep. like who cares <laughs> like we'll just adopt the best thing all right so maybe it's like a reverse american adoption of language so for those of you, for, for those of you who don't know what i'm talking about um uh english as, as a grander thing, uh, tends to do this thing where if, if, it, if uh, we, we don't have a word for something, but another language that we encounter does, we'll just take that language as word. American, American English uh, does this to, like, the nth level, even compared to um, our mother uh, country in version. Um, we, we do it, like, hyper crazy all the time. It's, it's, it's a... It's it's one of our things that we're really into. <laughs> no, we don't need to be original. We just want to like we just want to like oh yeah that's pretty sweet yeah no no yeah, your word's great. Let me just appropriate that. Yeah, well I mean I don't know if it's like it's like it's maybe like an integration. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's I I really I really kind of dig that approach because it's like no your word your you have a word why do I need to come up no your word's fine. I'm just Let me just tweak it a little bit so it makes sense in our language. Sometimes we definitely do that, and people, people, uh, I, I've, I've been teased uh, for that before for for doing the American version of something. I was like, okay, but do you call it Bruxel? Like, no, you call it Brussels like everyone else. Shut the fuck up. That's <laughs> 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 all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Someone's gonna write me in like that's not even the right pronunciation, Taylor B. Like, okay, I'm sorry. You've got me. It's hyperbole. 
Um, but yeah, moving moving on. Um, yeah, so th- this one leaves open a lot of a lot of questions. Uh, one one thing I'm worried about is as as we learn more about uh, Amunarath's designs were and how Torbottle failed, there could be a large uh, chance that what Kyle's doing is based on disillusionment. Disillusionment with her father, in particular? or uh, with, or... with uh, Umunarath, her mentor. Okay. Well, can, right. you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, all right, because because we don't have the full picture of uh, how Umunarath is, how, how her ultimate plan turned out, because we know her plan was to take on the threat and you know make that war. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing I meant to mention earlier aside from getting turned into all the little tangents that I love to do was how to mention that uh, one of the things that we can learn from, I think it's the, it's another one of the weapons. I think it's the uh, submachine gun of the seasonal weapons. If you read in, there's, there's this whole scene about um, basically a, a cabal and his daughter. Uh, There's an artifact that, brought their house to to prominence on Torbottle and um if they link with a scion they can kind of like go back to uh sort of like the memories of the object kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a, a flash memory uh just inherent to the object. Yeah. When they come out of it, like in that scene they're looking at it for the last time and then the father destroys it because there's no going back to Torbottle. There's only going forward. Mm-hmm. And so this this is someone who wasn't part of the Red Legion. It's not like some random legionary. It's someone who's coming in with Kaidal. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me wonder if that's like a house mantra or if that's like a greater mantra, which to me sounds like disillusionment. Or or maybe like uh, a revisioning of, of what they have to do to sort of uphold what Amunarath was, was, was going for you know like saying that like all of this is logistics to what we really are which is war to what life really is for them i i guess i took that more so in the frame that the father is trying to teach the daughter that there's no turning back like our 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 home is gone our only hope hope forward is to is to go forward and find find a new new place likely via war Right. Uh, so I guess in in that context, I guess it does kind of the, leave your point, but sure. Well, the 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 juxtaposition here is that what Amunarath was doing was was welcoming war. In this case, they're seeking it. They're having to take new land. They're having to find their new home and conquer it. Sure. Instead of fleeing somewhere peaceful, they're actively seeking out a conflict. Well, yeah, uh, seemingly actively seeking out a conflict. Yeah. Well, it seems like based on the language too they're doing it specifically here in the soul system, mm-hmm. the solar system. Mm. So yeah, that's where I am. That's where I am there with misgivings about the theory. Little seeds like that that make it seem like maybe there is a bit of a paradigm shift. Yes, in, certainly. Yeah, I, I I think that's justified. It's it's certainly. Entirely possible that um, that Kaidal was there, there's enough seeds going back to like Kaidal's early days. I think we've got the, the the storyteller card basically gives a little bit of a uh, a background story about how Kaidal dreamed of being uh, being a warrior, uh, and it, so it could paint her into the picture that she. Uh, Truly, the the warrior princess type type of thing. No, no Xena references necessary there. Uh, but uh, like, she but can there be? <laughs> no. I'm asking for a friend. No. All right, it's really for me. What about now? <laughs> um, regardless, uh, it it just kind of paints her to be like even as a kid, she dreamed of being a, a soldier. Less so. Um, less so. It was in in, in that in that point in time. It wasn't even that Umun was in the picture. 
Now, we don't have this full lore book unlocked yet, so I hesitate to use it too much. But it, it does it does point to your your hesitation there, Taylor, that certainly Kaidal could have been just a strict warmonger type. Uh, and she could have fallen in Legion with with similar-minded folks. Uh, and it couldn't have been... It might not have been about... Um, about... Um, basically finding a way to uh, defend themselves is more so just about war. Uh, war is ongoing forever, sort of well, thing. Well, well, it's it's not about well I, again like it's a future war cult thing like the future war cult is not like seeking out war. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're just ready for it, and so yep. it, it, it's about like an ever readiness or like maybe like uh in when your like air quotes world proverbial world has like multiple things that compete it's it's just like a fact of nature like you're going to compete over resources mm -hmm. as long as there's continued growth so like that's sort of what i'm going for more with that like i, I didn't really take her thing as like very imperial Amunara. because what does she do with it when she has she goes to defend territory she doesn't go with the conquering team sure i, I, I think that's fair i just wanted to point out uh a potential flaw in, in the more, well, more so. I guess I guess to like add add to that shifting to um Kyodal. Kyodal no longer has a home to defend. Correct. And so now it's kinda like, okay, I've got the weight of our Imperial fleet, like what's left of it aside. And it's sure. it's it's a it's it's just a different it's a different stance entirely. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna argue with that. I, I, I yeah, just just pointing out different things. So, uh -huh. yep. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so for me, I'm I'm really here for the idea. I can't wait to I can't wait to learn more about what happened to like Amunarath. But like, sort of kind of like you know now pointing the finger at Amunarath as being the real orchestrator of the coup. Her presumably being dead, or like maybe something weird happened to her. Maybe she like drank the darkness better. <laughs> would, would you agree with her drinking the darkness better? Sure, why not? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Like you seemed to perk up as soon as I said darkness butter, and you were like, oh, I saw your, I saw your vocals sh like spike for a second. <laughs> So let me make sure we got we got your reactions out there. Um, I I would totally be here for that. Like she's just this like walking like evil thing now. Like nah, man, I ate the the ice Kool Aid. It was nice and cool. Like, <laughs> <blue> raspberry. <laughs> like, yeah, like came out. Um, but yeah, uh, I I I really dig this theory. I. It makes Gaul, you know how ultimately at the end of the Red War campaign you feel like Gaul was a lot smaller than he felt coming in? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this sort of adds to that, that he was never really that big. He just kind of like sucker punched us real good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely the impression you should walk away. And I think I think the sort of background and, you know, with wider eyes looking at that that booklet again, I think you kind of realize that he was never really the one in control. Yeah, he... He was always the... Like, he was ambitious, but he never was, like, the... Essentially, the... the he kind of... He was a mastermind at times, but usually he wasn't the, like, the mastermind behind the, the major plays. But, uh, but anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. Uh, Gaul always seemed like jealous of of one thing or another, and he was always chasing what he didn't have. Mm -hmm. So to me, the Cabal Empire was never going to be good enough, even though he was de facto in charge of it. He fights his way to the top of that. He's like, "Well, this sucks. What? They have some paracausal being helping them." Why not me? Motherfucker! And he, like, comes after that. <laughs> he's finally, like, he's like the dog who finally bites the truck. He just doesn't know what to do once he finally gets it. More so the truck just explodes in his face and 
I mean, that's kind of what happened. That's kind of what would happen to the dog if it ever actually caught the truck. That's fair. Well, I, I don't know that the truck would necessarily explode, explode but uh, sure. It would dog probably... might. <laughs> <laughs> Not, that would be a tragedy. Don't, don't get it twisted, everyone. All dogs are good boys. <laughs> Even the ones that are actually good girls. No, uh, I'm thinking similarly. Uh, there's there's some good good credence to this theory, uh, particularly in in the concept that uh, Kaidal following Umun would would certainly have been um, subject to her her um, to her will to at least ex- an extent, presumably. And so Umun wanting to overthrow Callus, it certainly makes sense that. Um, if if Amun saw the existential threat on the horizon, Kaidal probably would have would have used that, um, used that, uh, used the coup to overthrow Callus as a as a means to hopefully prevent prevent that from happening. Uh, the existential threat being the hive. Um, so yeah, no, I I think there's some good 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 uh, good learnings here from from that. Basically. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you got them learnings on. <laughs> For lack of a better word, there. Michaels. All right. You want to try the new? Um, so, so do do you want to try the new scale? The new scale. From, <laughs> Give it a from, shot. From Vizzini to Kevin Garnett. Vizzini, for those of you who don't know, being inconceivable, to Kevin Garnett. Where anything is possible. We've invented this new scale to confuse you since we never really had a scale before. And we just think this is funny. So bear with us. If you'd like to write in your own version of the scale. Or like another member that could be in the middle of it. Please reach out to spinfoiltheory at gmail.com. Or add us on Twitter at spinfoiltheory. Bagels, are you adding us right now? You can just say it on the show. I, can hear you I may or may not be. I'm just saying, like, you don't have to. You could just, you could just say it. You're a host. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to hide your ideas from me. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, how, how would you score it, kind sir? Um. Uh, put me on the spot, man. That's how I get you. It's true. Um, I am willing to give it a solid twenty-nine magic bullets. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, completely completely possible that or um, sorry, I'm gonna use the Seinfeld reference instead. The the spit is uh is uh clearly. Is clearly traveling between multiple multiple projectiles here. The second spitter. Yeah. <laughs> second spitter. I was second really hoping. Spitter. I was really hoping that the magic bullet that the that the magic bullets uh, version boiled down to. I'm not sure how they got there, but like you know, he's dead. <laughs> no rip, JFK. But... <laughs> yes, there, there were clearly multiple spitters in this this scenario. And I'm gonna run with that. <laughs> Clearly, multiple spitters. Okay, okay. I'm going to give it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. 1986 Kevin Garnett. Ooh. You're pretty confident there. Yeah. Well, but the year is possible. But. Um... No. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Don't come after me, Kevin Garnett. I mean, Kevin Garnett, go and dunk on the bagels. He lives in the state of Iowa, which has at least seven people in it. So I know your, I know your, uh, your search is going to be, you know, Scandinavian crime drama wide. But <laughs> I'm sure you can narrow it down. I th- I think I can tell you I think I can tell you which street he lives on. I don't think they have that many. Kevin you Garnett. would have a pretty good chance. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like I'll just like throw a dart at 
a picture of Iowa, whichever street is nearest, I'll have to get a tape measure. The only question would be whether or not you get all aspects of the street name correct, because there are multiple aspects to it. <laughs> oh, you thought this was simple? <laughs> no. Anyway, anyway, all right. I give it 1982 Kevin Garnett's. Uh, I, I say that because I think it's very plausible. I think it is likely to be revealed. I have not read ahead uh, of, of what's available right now. Like, even if I don't, I, I try to save it for when I have it myself because that really, like, allows me to, like, keep playing the game uh, for, for a lot of the lore bits that are out there. It's a nice, it's a nice like, a little, like, uh, you know, carrot on a stick I've sort of saved for myself rather than uh, reading ahead. Not, you know, like, nothing against anyone who, had, like, has to, re like, consume it by reading it. Or, like, can't wait. Like, I'm not mad at you guys either. Um, that's just how, that's just sort of, like, how I kind of, like, keep myself entertained. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. um, So, like... Uh, you know, for purposes of the show, though, if it if it's out there, I will read it. Um, so like based on what I've seen, like so far, of like what's available, like as of this week, I just, you know, I I feel like that's the direction it's going in. It's not that she that Keitel was necessarily like the mastermind that that used, uh, that used Gaul and the console, but. I really think she's the inheritor of that of that person's like kind of ideals. For sure, like definitely like a like the apprentice, like the 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 next step in the equation with the uh what's it the um the uh the the Plato to your Socrates. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm going. That's like the next step in that progression of thought. So yeah, that's the, the that's kind of where I, where I'm staying on that one. That's why I give it 1982. Because also, uh, you know, I think Blade Runner came out in '82. It's a pretty sweet year. <laughs> I don't know. Really know. Did Blade Runner come out in '82? Wasn't it just like the 25th or 30th anniversary? It was '82. Boom. Okay, fair enough. Alright, anyway, I was not alive, but assumed, you know, Blade Runner was happening, so it had to be, had, had to be. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I got. Uh, Begs, anyway, any way that you can imagine to turn it up to 11, what would you need? Not a whole lot. Uh, most of the material is, is there to, to kind of lead us in the direction that Keitel probably, probably did, did see an opportunity to, uh, if, if not, um, extend her her well to at least make sure the the cabal were surviving uh for the foreseeable future that seemed to be that seems to be her her main goal she seems to be a a lady of the people so to speak uh we see that in the recipe bit on the uh prefectus cloak so it, it's i i think most of the information is there she she certainly would have would have sought any means necessary in order to ensure the survival of of her people, and um, using using Gaul and using using the console to do that. Uh, sure, that makes sense to me. Uh, so I I really don't need a whole lot to fill in the gap. I'll basically, for if Bungie wants to confirm it and say, hey, you know what, Cattle, <laughs> she she basically or uh, she basically wanted to use use skull to to uh to take down take down her father and make sure the longevity of the cabal legions were were insured so yeah there's not a lot left to kind of fill in the blanks in my opinion i kind of agree with that but i really want to uh i really want to stress like take it a step like stupider <laughs> and i want to make it I want to make it to where my my opinion is really going to be conformed by the fact of whether or not she gives like a James Bond villain esque monologue <laughs> about everything she did before we murder her. She has to go. She has to be murdered. She has to be murdered. Even Callus doesn't care. I'll, I'll note this: that I'm not a hundred percent convinced of that at this point. It's a little early, but I've got a few inklings that she might not be in our system to murder us 
she might be in our system to still form a pact. She might not have been lying about that aspect of it. But uh, it's a little early to tell on that. I think, it's good. I think she just wants to use us to try and retake their home, which would be cool. First time leaving the system, retaking the Cabal homeworld. That would be pretty cool. That would I would, be pretty cool. That would make for some pretty sweet action, actually. I would, I would be here for it. But at the same time, I also think it'd be, it'd be funny if we just like shot her and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. Just kind of like scoot away. Um, not that I think that's what the Guardian would do necessarily. Don't hate on me, everyone. But I just think that would be funny. Like narratively, if I saw that acted out, it'd be like, uh, like Lance Reddick's awesome <laughs> recording of the fan meme. That is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, no, no, uh, Mr. Reddick, if, if for some god, god blessed reason you're ever listening to this show, oh my god, <laughs> you nailed it. Like not just in your acting of the characters of Allah, but in his delivery. Mm-hmm. Of that sassafras line. Mm-hmm. One fucking goddamn. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> Sent chills down my spine. To my funny bone. <laughs> and I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's what I would want to turn it up to 11. I just wanted to, like, have us with a laser about to laser us in half. <laughs> just, like, going off about her master plan and about how we could have stopped it if we weren't about to die. But really what she told us is how we could stop it and we weren't about to die the whole time. Because <laughs> I assume we have some kind of, like, you know, paracausal space laser watch that she wasn't aware of. Deflect the laser back at her. Oh, no! With, with a coin that we had in our pocket. Uh-uh. I couldn't have imagined. Pure copper? No! <laughs> oh, that wouldn't work anymore. They're only copper plated. They're nickel now. For? Uh, pennies. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who didn't get our Simpsons reference. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, but, brother, you got, you got any shout outs, sir? Uh, just. <sighs> Honestly, my shout-out is to everybody just hanging in there from the cold. Holy shit, is it cold outside right now? I want it to end. <laughs> Please be warm again. Sincerely, the bagels. <laughs> I, I, I back that up. I back that up. Um, what I actually meant to do, meant to do a little sooner, uh, sort of like a, I don't know, like a spiritual shout-out uh, to the people of Myanmar. Uh, as, as someone who was in a capital city with a failed coup recently, uh, hearts going out to you, man, uh, with the coup and military rule that you guys are dealing with right now. I know this isn't a super political show, but like, that's, you know, yeah. that, that, that's hitting me a little extra special this year. So, uh, yeah, that's fucking scary. I hope everyone stays safe. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I am in awe of, uh all the protests and things that are going on like that that shot of the police crossing the barrier to protect the protesters from the water cannon it's fucking amazing like it's fucking amazing so uh yeah big shout out to you guys uh i can't argue keep keep staying safe well i hope not <laughs> that's not very midwestern nice <laughs> argue with that no. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> okay, but with, with that, uh, everyone, you know, please stay safe. Um, we're still going, you know, we're, we're I, I mean, we're about to, what is it, in a couple of weeks, we'll reach like a year of, a, at least in the U.S., like full-on lockdown, full-on uh, quarantine in many places. So, yeah, yeah it's been, it's it's been, been a crazy ride. Yeah, it's been a, uh, one of those adventures that you want to get off. I want to get off Mr. Bone's wild ride, basically, is what it amounts to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Toad, this was not the picnic adventure you had led me to believe we were going on. No. <laughs> I don't care. No, I don't care how sassy your pantaloons are. 
<laughs> I miss that. I miss that. They replaced it with, uh, I think, the Harry Potter exhibit or something. But uh, you can find, I think, the statue from Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Uh, I think it's behind the Tower of Terror. It's in, like, the graveyard back there. You can you can see the statue in a uh, Disney World. Okay. I think Take a word for it. I think that's right. I don't know. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was one of my favorite ones when I was a kid because you actually got to kind of drive the car on the track. That was a cool one. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. Where are you now? Yeah. La, la, la. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. That's the end of this week's topic, but be sure to check out our past and future episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. If you have any questions about this week's topic, want to discuss Destiny Lore with us, or if you just feel like reaching out to us, you can find us on Twitter at SpinfoilTheory, or you can email us via SpinfoilTheory at gmail.com. Thanks for listening! The Lore Network. The Princess Imperial. Yeah, I read. I read through that the oh, other day. Beloved, what have you done? This is how I. <laughs> this is how I imagine Kalos talks. <laughs> I only wanted an heir who would love what I love: sweet air and song and the grand work of architects. Feasts and ecstasies. Worlds of delight. Are these things not best? Was I an attentive child? No, I was not. But the more I tried to show you what I loved, the more you turned away. First, those games of war and conquest that you played with Umu. Then, treasure armor you took to wearing at home, as if the place were an alien world and the rebels toxic. I was so happy when you became a star pilot. I thought you'd see our great cabal in all its glory and variety and understand the joy of peace. But when you returned to Torobottle, you would hide away with Umun whispering about the threats that gathered at our frontier. I could have stopped the coup. You alone knew of my special arrangement. But when I raced to my throne to give the signal, you were there. You sat on my throne, the signal in your fist. And when I reached out to beg, you crushed the bone in your heart. Father, you said, I will not be weak. You mistook my joy for weakness. You understood nothing of who I am. So my fear was dying. Only in flight is she ever happy. Only when she's happy can she be reached. I could never reach her. Perhaps you will. So, thank you for entertaining that. <laughs> that's, that was your whole the preparation for the for this yeah, episode, that's, right? That's all I have to talk about. That's my whole argument. <laughs> you just spent the whole time just preparing your, your voice. <laughs> that's it. Begs, when you got something that's that's bulletproof, that's all you need. <laughs>